Hello, John. Thanks very much for joining us for this discussion broadly on the housing market. And, and really, we, uh, as long as you like spectator sports, you couldn't join at a more interesting time in the property market with the biggest rate rise cycle probably for a decade and a half now. A lot of movement in the property market, in the mortgage market. You run ANZ's mortgage business. So what's your overall view of what is happening out there in the housing market? Yeah, Andrew, it's fair to say that it's been uh, it's been an interesting few years in the market uh, of late. And there's a couple of things as I reflect back and, and will reflect forward, I guess, uh, as part of this conversation as well. But if I reflect back, a couple of the big changes we've seen specifically during the COVID period was the impact that this very low rate environment the interest rate environment has had. This has presented a really great opportunity for borrowers to fix their home loans. And for example, at one point, ANZ had a two-year fixed rate in market of 1.94%. And not surprisingly, by the middle of 2021, a roughly 40% of all applications that we received were for the fixed rate product, when the historical demand for that is more in the 12 to 15% range. But just however, and as quickly, we've now shifted into a rising interest rate environment where the variable rates are substantially lower than fixed rates on offer. So we're currently seeing only sort of low single digit level of applications in, in fixed rate borrowing where variable has picked up quite considerably. The other thing that has changed noticeably is how customers were during COVID building up buffers and savings, um, whether that would be via or through the benefit of the low interest rates or just slowing their discretionary spending. But to put it into perspective, when ANZ released our half-year reporting at the 31st of March this year, we had about 68% of all ANZ home loan customers ahead on their repayments. And in fact, a third of our entire home loan book were two years or more ahead in their repayments. So as we head into what is clearly a a more challenging economic environment, we, we do have many of our borrowers in really good financial position. I'll, I'll pick you up on a, a couple of things there uh, that we can pursue a bit further. Um, and that one of those things is that there has been some concern that the credit cycle is perhaps turning and that we're going to see mortgage stress um, in certain segments of the market. But from what you're saying, there, there's quite comfortable buffers in there. You're not seeing those early signs of stress? Not yet, Andrew. I think it's fair to say that clearly a lot of focus and, and you would have seen commentary in the press where people are talking about those who have taken and borrowed close to their maximum capacity and they've done that in, in recent times. So I think that's the cohort that one will have to watch very carefully. Now, for all the banks, and the same is true for ANZ, when we assess customers, you, you look at the rate that they're going to be paid, and we add a buffer on top of that. And that's true even for fixed rate customers. In fact, we don't just look at the fixed rate plus the buffer. We actually look at the rate that they will roll off onto plus a buffer. So, so at the time of people taking out um, home loans, they, they, there really is some buffer built in there. So, so yes, we haven't seen it yet, but I, I, I should caution to say that there, there could be a, a segment or a portion who have borrowed recently and borrowed to the maximum where, where we will have to watch that very closely, but, but nothing, nothing to date yet. And the other interesting point you made is, and it stands to reason, that as as rates fall, people lock in fixed home loan rates, and then things start to reverse as rates rise back up again. Are we following a normal historical pattern there? Would you expect to see, you know, when do you expect to see sort of fixed rates come back to level pegging with variable rates? 
Yeah, that's a good question, Andrew. And it, it does to some extent seem that we are we are following that cycle. Um, and a lot of this clearly depends on, on funding costs and what we see in the funding market more broadly. But I think the way we see this panning out is probably into next year. Clearly, if you look and there's some diverging views developing in the market as to what might happen with a cash rate, but ANZ Economics will have indicate that there's about 150 basis points of um, rate increases expected pre-Christmas, which will take the cash rate to about 3.35%. But then into, into next year, there's a very likelihood that depending on how the funding markets play out that where variable rates today are attractive versus fixed as that switches around that fixed rates will again become become favorable and much more on par and frankly could even become more attractive than the variable rate market so it is it is definitely showing signs of, of moving towards that but in the current environment still a quite a big discrepancy between the the variable and the fixed rates and that um that discrepancy between variable and fixed rate uh, borrowers does that apply equally to the investor market as to the owner occupier market in the COVID period, a bit of an anomaly because, as I said, the historical long-term average for fixed rate take-up is somewhere between 12 and 15%, and we, we saw that increase to 40%. We actually saw a larger cohort of owner-occupiers also opting for fixed rate. You typically find that it's it's more the investor segment that um, is in favour of a fixed rate because that gives those investors a form of um, safety and clear indication of what their repayments will be, which is quite helpful when you're trying to manage a, um, an investment portfolio. So it typically has always been more skewed towards the investor market. But again, in COVID that we saw uh, pretty much everybody jumping on and taking, uh, taking advantage of those lower fixed rate, but it is usually more so skewed towards the investor market. And, and that's kind of, if we see the people taking up fixed rates at the moment, again, it's more, more investor than, than owner occupiers. Now, the, the other interesting thing, John, and we've been speaking with Eliza Warren from CoreLogic around a lot of the dynamics going on in, in the market. And one of the things we're, we're seeing is sort of different levers here. Rental rates are holding up, rental yields are holding up a lot more than you would expect, and maybe because property values are starting to come off. But also we're seeing property values move as they do traditionally in line with the rate cycle, the official catch rate cycle. Do you get a sense from the ANZ customers that you're dealing with, whether the investor profile is starting to lift? Are there more investors coming in or are they are those trends not yet clear? Uh, Andrew, we're definitely seeing the investor market coming back quite strongly. Um, I think there are, there are plenty of really savvy investors who are through a combination of those things you've alluded to, where you're seeing strong rental demand, strong rental yield, um, declining property prices. Um, the savvy investors are, are coming back into the market um, quite heavily at the moment. So they, they're finding those good pockets of opportunity in the right markets where they know the yields are strong and the, the values are down. And while rates, you can either lock them in or you can still take up reasonable variable rates, they are, they are stepping in to take up some of those opportunities. And are there, there are other patterns that you're seeing in your portfolio that, that are particularly interesting at the moment? Are, um, among you know the higher net worth customers that that are banking with ANZ in particular, 
Yeah, for this segment of customers, the research and the, the actual statistics show that they're always looking to get ahead of the investment curve and they really want to understand market behavior to anticipate where best to use their, their excess funds. And, and we see when we talk to these customers, whether it be through our brokers, bankers or mobile lenders, that they really place high importance on structuring their lending facilities, in particular to create that flexibility that they need to grow and to take advantage of these changing conditions. So again, what we've seen in that cohort and where we've tried to help and support them, and particularly through COVID, was help them through the lifestyle changes. Um, and what do I mean by lifestyle changes? That includes people looking for larger homes, perhaps with a larger footprint or studies, um, given the increased flexibility to work from home, or for customers who want to move to different areas, mostly away from the city centers. And, and when customers make these changes, we've seen that they are very much in favor of using products such as security swaps or bridging loans, which enables them to in fact, not have to have the added pressure of selling a property before buying the next one. Um, the other interesting thing I'll just call out in that segment you, you alluded to is that some of the latest data will show that there are now about 9 million adult Australians who are investing outside of superannuation and their primary property. And they're investing in clearly a combination of equities and, and some more property. And also fascinatingly, uh, almost a quarter of those investors only started investing during COVID and about 45% of them, these new investors are females. So again, that, that cohort of people are, are really you know, making use of their money and, they, and they're doing it cleverly so to take advantage of these opportunities. It is interesting. There are other elements of that, that, um, that investor base that are worth calling out. Is this something that's sort of COVID driven or do you think it's a longer structural change in that market? I think, I think this is just a further diversification and hence uh, a longer structural change where people are diversifying. I think people clearly are diversifying some away from just property investor investment and they're diversifying into, into more equities outside of super. But for those who haven't taken up the opportunity and, and can see the real value as we have over the, last, over the last couple of years in terms of buying good property in the right area at the right price, um, there are, that, that it is a real... It is a real solid investment strategy that works for, for many customers, clearly depending on their um, unique financial um, situation. And that, uh, that's despite, and ANZ's economic research team thinks that the RBA cash rate will probably peak um, early next year, maybe one or two percentage points higher than where it is. And we'll see property values historically track that sort of rate and, and uh, start to recover as it flattens off. But the, these trends will go beyond that cycle then you think I, be, I believe so yes um, Andrew I think we're, going, we're seeing shifting a bit of shifting of behavior here in terms of where people see value and how they can extract value including from investment property and from from the equity market and when you look out and of course um, I don't want you to have to bet your income on this but when you look out six months to 12 months to 18 months what what are you expecting to see? You know, perhaps what do you fear, or what do you, what are you optimistic about? You know, for this particular segment in the housing and property market. I think Andrew it depends a bit on where the economic cycle lands. Whether we and there's a range you would have, you would expect the bookends from a, a soft landing to ending up in a in a recession relatively quickly. And I, as you say, I don't think anybody would be brave enough to predict which one it is going to be. But the 
the money is on it being a soft landing, which means that clearly we will see um, a, a slowing property market, less activity. Um, you'll see the purchase activity slow. What I think you will see is the refinance activity remain quite elevated. Property prices come off between 10 and 15% and definitely in the major centers, but nothing, nothing overly alarmist, which means again, that for, for people who have stable income, uh, you know, re that recurring inflow that, that comes and, and a good financial position, especially people who've built up equity in their homes. It, it really provides lots of good opportunity to, to make the right decisions if you, um, if you can pick up property, investment property, or for those looking to upgrade or, or just change their, their, their main residences in a, in a, in a right area. It, it continues to be, a, I think, a really attractive asset class for, for those who can do it um, in a way that, that meets their, you know, within their financial means. And that is one of the clear trends you mentioned this earlier, that people have built up a lot of equity in, in their own home and in their, their property portfolios. Yes, we uh, we are seeing clearly a, a function of um, of two things. The one, the property values have increased, and, and I think we should we should remember, even if you see over the next twelve to eighteen months that predicted ten to twelve or 10, 10 to fifteen percent decline in property values, they are still well well above where they have been a number of years ago. So yes, so people property values have gone up, so that helps with the equity, and people have paid down the debt on their homes. So. That spread has just continued, and for those that can use can use the equity cleverly, cleverly um, it, it provides good opportunity. Well, thanks very much for your time, John, and thanks for those insights in, into what your customer base is doing. It's always quite fascinating to understand how people are thinking and acting. But thanks again for your time. It's a pleasure.